another episode of Real Ghouls. We're your hosts. I'm Devi. I'm Amy Lee. And we're here to talk to you about more spooky things and horror movies, so let's get right into it. Yes. If you... I didn't read the book for this one. Dang I it, I was just it. about to ask you if you did. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's because I'm reading three other books right now, and I didn't want to stop any of them. Amy, I'm going to stop you right there. You do not need to apologize to the girl who has (laughs) taken three years to read it. (laughs) I'm telling you, read a different Stephen King that's shorter. I will. It is hard. I read it once. I read it when I was 12 or 13, so I know I really didn't get that much out of it, because a big part of the reason I was reading it was to try to be cool so I could talk to my mom about it. (laughs) She's a big Stephen King fan. And I was like, yo, no one reads Stephen King that's my age. I'm going to be an adult. Right. No. It's like when I read Romeo and Juliet when I was nine. Doesn't mean I understood. Like, I understood parts of it. Mm -hmm. But my teacher tried to talk to me about it. And I was like, I can't. I I got maybe five minutes of stuff. Like, (laughs) I felt the same way when I read the Bed Bath & Beyond catalogs. (laughs) I love that. Uh, hey, my parents didn't care what I was reading as long as I read 20 to 30 minutes every day. You <laughs> bet I was reading joke books and catalogs. Love it. Old nursery rhymes. Just things that I knew I didn't have to strain myself too hard to read. Yeah. <laughs> For I 20 minutes. some of Stephen King stuff isn't straining. Um, I'll let you borrow. I have The Shining and I have Doctor Sleep if you okay. want to read those. I also have... The book Stand By Me is based on, oh. and it is very similar to the movie, so you can watch that, and then we can watch the movie. Okay. I'll cry. I'll That's put okay. on my Stand By Me soundtrack record while I'm reading yes. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyways, today anyway. we're talking about Children of the Corn. So if you've been here all month, you know our theme this month is still scary children, and the first movie we talked about was The Omen. Last week Mm -hmm. we talked about Orphan, which was a whirlwind, and this week we're talking about Children of the Fucking Corn, the 1984 film with Sarah Connor herself. Mm -hmm. Wow, Amy. I just gotta say, I paid so much attention while I was watching this movie, and at the very end I turned to my sister and I said, what just happened? (laughs) Because I've been following along, reading my subtitles, taking my notes, and I took down every note I could, and I still do not understand. So please help me. That's why they added, like, eight other installments. So this is the first installment of the franchise, but this is the one that's based on Stephen King's 1977 book. Right. And then they kind of just, like, took off with it. Yeah. I know there was a remake in 2009. Yeah. I've seen that one, and I've seen some of the additional films. Mm -hmm. There's, like eight of them six of them there's a a lot a lot um we don't have time for that no so we're just talking about the og maybe we'll try to make some sense of it today i can't make any promises because like i said i haven't read the book and i feel like that would really help and that's the case with a lot of stephen king stuff is you can watch the film and you're like oh that's really cool but a lot of times you're gonna do what my roommates did when we saw the shining and as soon as it ended they turned it to they turned to me and they said Okay, explain. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a lot. And it's I've like seen really the Shining cool, several but... times and I'm still confused, which is why I need to finish the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Because the audiobook was really helpful. And so yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so let's 
I guess, start. We'll give you guys a little bit of a summary and we'll try to. Yeah, we'll try to. Okay. Summer of 76, we got Bert and Vicky driving to California. Yep. And Seattle. they are currently... What? Seattle. Seattle? I think Seattle. Oh. West Coast. West Coast, I think yeah. it's Seattle. I thought it was California, but maybe they I don't know, whatever. Well, so, my favorite line is, send her a get well card from Seattle, so... Oh, okay. That's the only reason why I think it's Seattle. <laughs> got it. Okay, Seattle. They're currently in the middle of Nebraska... Not a whole lot going on there. It's a lot of farming. Mm-hmm. So, what I've been told is like Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa. Those are the worst places to drive through because it looks like nothing has changed. <laughs> right. So they're in the middle of Nebraska and they run over a boy mm-hmm. who has been thrown in the middle of the road and they freak out. But they see that the boy's already dead. His throat has been slit and there's like some weird circumstance surrounding his death. And they're like, "Well, we didn't help this any- at all." <laughs> right. So. After a little bit of a debate, they try to go to the nearest town, which is, like, what, Gatton? Yeah. Gatlin? Something like that. Something like that. Um, which is deserted. Nothing has been updated. It looks like nothing has been changed it's more or less a in ghost 12 town. years. Yes. Until they reach the church. And then the church has, like, a new sign on it. And they're like, what the hell's going on? Um, there's lots of corn husks. Lots of stuff happening. Um, all of them, they find, like, a... Was it like a Bible or a notebook or something where everyone's name has been changed to a biblical name? Mm-hmm. And it looks like all of the adults in the town have been killed. And when a child turns 19, they are sacrificed as well or they're killed as well. So then they're like, well, this is fucking weird. And when they try to leave, uh, Vicky gets taken hostage and Bert tries to escape. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, our first, like, real shot of seeing the kids in action. And they all kind of, like, are in this Amishy, pilgrimy type clothing. It's a very, uh, I don't want to say rural, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> For lack of better phrasing. Yeah. Um. We meet two very sweet kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joby and Sarah. Did mm-hmm. I get that right? And uh, Joby and Sarah are seem to be the only two kids who want to maintain things from their old lifestyle. They want to color, and they want to listen to music, and they want to play games, and they want to have fun. Um, mm-hmm. But Isaac and Malachi will not let anybody perform those atrocities. No way, no how. And mm-hmm. um, Malachi... Is like a really intense sort of perpetuator of the rules, I suppose, that are supposed to be in place of this more or less religious children's cult. Cult. Um, yeah. Sort of situation. We also later find out that Malachi was the one who had beaten and killed the boy that they ran over. Right. So he's a bit of an instigator. Right. Like you said. Um, yeah. He is not afraid to punish those who he believes need to be punished and... We learn also later on in the story that he has been trying to overthrow Isaac because he doesn't believe Isaac is following through on these practices that he believes are supposed to be followed through on, such as sacrificing and punishing those who disobey the rules. And um, he makes me like Isaac quite a bit, even though Isaac is the one who called for all of the grownups to be more or less murdered. Um, <laughs> well, the thing is, Malachi's 18, so he's reaching the age 
where he'll have to sacrifice himself. Isaac oh. is nine years old ruling this thing. So I'm sure there's like a little bit of, who the fuck do you think you are, kid? Well, <laughs> now that you said that, I bet Malachi is trying to get into power so that maybe he can change that rule because maybe yeah. he doesn't want to sacrifice himself. Oh, no doubt. Um, but so yeah. There's a little bit of a push-pull in power going on. Yeah. Um, and what we see is that so Bert runs into the corn, and this is a note that I saw on Wikipedia, but, like, I wouldn't necessarily notice, I think, from watching the film, is that the corn is, like, pristine. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no bugs, there's no weeds, nothing. It's just perfect corn. Right. Um, and I feel like unless you've been in a cornfield, unless that's something that you really know about, you'd just be like, okay, it's a movie set. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but that's strange. And that's because the deity that these children worship, uh, they call him he who walks behind the rose, I think gives them a good corn crop if they follow through with whatever they're supposed to do. Right. Um, so when Bert leaves, they're able, the children are able to kill and sacrifice Vicky. She's a stranger who has come to this town. She should be sacrificed. Uh, Bert gets away and is escaping in the corn but is later killed by the deity, who is then upset at these children for having to do the killing himself because they couldn't handle it. So then that creates even more tension because it's like, well, shoot. Wait, who got killed? Bert. Bert? Bert doesn't get killed. Doesn't he? Doesn't the deity have to kill him? No, Bert gets away. They get away. Oh, he does? Yeah, Bert and Vicky and Joby and Sarah all get away at the end. That's not... (laughs) Maybe I watched the wrong one. Did I watch the wrong one? Okay. I don't know why you would have watched the wrong one. You got all the names right. (laughs) I know. Okay, well, you continue then. Uh... He does get stabbed. Bert gets stabbed in the church. He tries to... He tries... So he walks into the church... Uh, where he sees this 19-year-old about to sacrifice himself and he's trying to convince these kids that, like, they have no idea what they're talking about and that doesn't make any sense and that, like, any religion that doesn't have, like, love and peace in it is not a real religion and, like... That's right, okay. And then um, one of the crazy followers, like, stabs him and then he gets away and that's where the, that long chase scene kind of ensues. Oh, okay, that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah. And then uh, Joby and Sarah lead him to Vicky who has been kidnapped by Malachi and like his people and we see her basically on a she is strung up to a cross like sort of structure made out of corn like a la Jesus and um Mm -hmm. but all corn related (laughs) symbols and um they're gonna sacrifice her and Isaac's like no this is not what's supposed to be happening um so then that's when Malachi kind of steps forward and takes over and puts gets the kids to put Isaac up on one of those sacrificial corn stalks and then um yeah once night falls they say nightfall is when their deity comes and like does his thing and takes his sacrifices and he comes and he's all pissed off all kinds of pissed off and so he kills Malachi I think it's what happens oh okay yeah and then 
all the kids kind of escape because this big storm starts to happen and um, they run into like a barn and then somehow Bert comes to the conclusion that he needs to set the cornfield on fire or they read some it, yeah. kind of scripture from the Bible that Joby was like, here is this highlighted passage from the blue man who was supposed to be a cop who talked to a priest and was like, this is what needs to be done. And so they set the thing on fire and there's all kinds of weird and not super great like special effects to represent all this stuff. And then they set it on fire and we see this like demonic sort of face up in smoke and then get like sucked into the ground so we can assume that they defeated it for the time being but since there's so many sequels I'm assuming it comes back I know what I was gonna get confused with I was getting confused with the book because I okay. also written down the book summary I didn't read it gotcha but that's okay so that's where it changes is in the book Bart does get killed okay and then, but it's by the deity, and the deity's all upset that he had to do the killing. Like, why would you make me come out and do this? You guys can't handle it. Right. So his way of punishing the children is he lowers the age limit. And so between the feud of Alakai, Mal- Isaac and Malachi, Isaac wins because Malachi is 18. Right. And now okay, that the you new see, age limit is 18. You see, now I'm thinking that the film was some sort of 1980s like let's tone this shit down kind of bullshit because that story sounds so much better than the way that they ended the movie because I almost feel like because Joby and Sarah and Vicky and Bert like the only characters that you were more or less rooting for in this story Mm -hmm. they all pretty much got out unscathed and it kind of seems like it was all for naught like why did I just watch this movie if they're all just fine and they're just gonna drive away conclusion yeah so if they had stuck to like that storyline in the book I think I would have turned to my sister and said well shit I want to watch the sequel you know yeah exactly Uh, okay Okay. that's why I was so confused I was like why aren't we getting this right (laughs) right okay for sure so that's another thing that they changed in the movie is in the movie they're going to Seattle in the book, they're going to California. Right. I don't know why they needed to change that. I don't know. He's going to Seattle to become a doctor. Maybe he heard that Grey's Anatomy was a thing, and he's like, I'm going to get in on that shit. <laughs> Let's go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, one of my favorite lines is, like, I think the very last line of the movie, and it's when uh, Bert is going into his car to get the map so that they can walk to, like, the nearest town and get help. And when he gets in the car, the crazy follower who stabbed him at the church is like sitting in the back of the car ready to attack him and he like slams the door into her face and knocks her out and he goes mm-hmm. in his like little doctor way which is kind of like a running joke in this movie because every time a crazy kid is like injured he's like wants to stop and help them even though they just tried to kill him mm-hmm. and Vicky goes, no, let's just get out of here. Send her a get well card from Seattle and I just uh, thought okay. it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This movie is almost, like, comedic, but it's not. It's actually really scary. So it's just, like, I don't know how to feel about this movie, but I like your ending so much better than the movie (laughs) I I mean, I like that they burn the corn in the movie. Yeah. But then it's because it, like, uh, here's my problem with the movie, is that there's so many freaking sequels Mm -hmm. 
that it's like they just made this one knowing they were going to make sequels, right. which is probably why it doesn't make as much sense. Because they're like, oh, we'll just go back and explain that. Whereas in the book, it's like, no, okay, there's this tension going on, but you also have to know all about the deity and X, Y, and Z. Right. Because this is so important, this and this creates more tension. So while that's still a setup for a sequel of like, oh, Malachi's dead now. Right. What is Isaac going to do? It's not the same thing as like, because if Malachi wins and he's killed Isaac, Malachi's still going to be at the age limit soon. What is he going to change in that amount of time? Does he have the power to change that? Like, it changes the whole lining of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Whereas, like, this nine-year-old having that much power over someone twice his age is a lot That's the thing. They don't really explain anything in the movie. And so, unless you've read the book, I'm willing to bet you go into it and you're like... And that's Wait, the case what? of a lot of Stephen King, is because, like, there's so much background and there's so many important things in this book, and, like, obviously a lot of authors have character development, but I feel like Stephen King's is, like, so important to the storyline itself. It's not just, oh, let me get to know this character a little better, oh, and she's not, like, the other girls. Like, no, this is <laughs> super important background information yeah. that you have to know to understand why they're doing what they're doing and what the whole storyline is. Otherwise, you go into it and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Right, well, they never explain what the deity is. Like, I know there's yeah. something because the corn moves and there's a thing that moves around in the dirt and growls and shit, but, like, I don't know who this thing is. I don't know yeah. what it's supposed to be. I don't know why these kids are worshipping it. I don't know when why these get kids... Here, what's going on? I don't know why yeah. these kids murdered their families and, like, all the adults in the town. Like, there's not really that much explanation in the movie. I'm just supposed to kind of be suspended in disbelief and just kind of, like, oh, yeah. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then, I don't know. And then they set up Bert and Vicky as these characters and, like, ugh. Yeah. And uh, whereas, like... Malachi hanging Isaac up, you're like, all right, yeah, sure, dude, you're literally twice his age. Yeah. Okay, but also, isn't there, like, a thing you should be afraid of? What's going on? Are you really that comfortable now that you can? Do you just have to sacrifice anything? Right. That's why I think my favorite part was when Isaac kind of, like, emerged, like, he's on his thing, and the deities and the storm kind of arrive, and then the cross that he's on kind of spins and takes off like one of those like fairy flyer things you know you like press Uh a button and it spins around and flies all over the room like that's (laughs) like i oh my god i want them to make that now because i would totally buy that like a children of the corn version of it we could diy some yes (laughs) i have no doubt (laughs) (laughs) and anyways and then he the next time we see him he is totally possessed by this deity and like uh-huh. his face is all fucked up and his eyes are all white and he's yelling at malachi he's like you pissed me off and now you gotta pay for it uh-huh. and that's why i guess i'm interested to see how the story sort of would have unfolded in the sequels but i also don't want to sit down and watch them same <laughs> because i know i've seen like, a few of them yeah it's like but it's like you said about the halloween franchise it's kind of like why did they have to do the sequels in the Halloween franchise? It seemed like to add more to the story, but then it sort of became backstory a little bit and yeah. also became something that was never in- intended to be the full story. Yeah. And with this that's, one... I think that's my problem with sequels is when they don't have an endpoint and that's made very clear. Whereas sequels like for Harry Potter or some of the Star Wars 
<laughs> um, or like Lord of the Rings, they have an endpoint. They know what the ending is going to be. Right. And so it's like point A, point B, point C. Let's drag it up to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think my problem with a lot of horror movies like Halloween and like Children of the Corn is that the story fucking ends. And then they try to keep it going. And it's like, do you even know where you're going? Right. Like, Halloween had so many different things, and it finally started to pick itself back up with this last film. Mm-hmm. But all that mental stuff, I was like, all right. Right. And that's sure. why I'm wondering if, one, they changed parts of the story for the time period that the film was made in. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there were standards to which films, especially horror films, kind of had to... Definitely. ...appeal to, because... Mm-hmm sensitive people watching films were like we can't put that on tv there's no way um and but then because of that did they then need to filter it out so much to the point where they had to make sequels to explain probably other things that weren't explained in the original movie or probably what because i don't know i just feel like it was it was a missed opportunity to tell like the badass story that it actually is because when you told me what that actual ending was I just liked that so much better yeah I think too though that because the 80s were a lot about I mean there was a huge focus on the 80s of the slasher films right Right. so the fear was people coming into your neighborhood and taking over that I think having the children taking over was like too much and too intense so instead to put it on this other thing and to let the people get away like because I think that was a huge emphasis. Like, we need someone to win. Whereas so many Stephen King novels, that's not the case. Right. So they had to switch it around. I mean, like, even Freddy Krueger and Jason, like, someone still wins. You have to have your final girl somewhere. Right. Otherwise, it's not a good storyline, especially for that time period. I think the desire was, amongst all the chaos and all the real things that were happening, was, like, we need someone to come out good. (laughs) Right, but I think at the same time, no matter what time period I've seen a slasher film in, there has always been a sense of, I fell in love with this character, and they got Mm -hmm. taken away from me. And that makes me upset, and that makes me sad, and that gives you a reason to root for the good people in the movie. Mm -hmm. And this movie, unfortunately, is lacking. Because we don't ever meet a character who we end up losing in this movie who we then feel vengeful for or yeah, sad I mean, about or upset like over Vicky somebody else's loss because it just doesn't happen in this movie. Yeah. There's, like, you're not attached to anyone. Like, even Vicky and Bert running into problems, you're like, okay. But he gets a little preachy and they didn't have to come here. Like, they had the ability to leave. And these kids, like, yeah, you can be empathetic towards them. and Or, sorry, yeah, you can be sympathetic towards them. But it's, like, it's lacking in something Mm -hmm. that makes you really root for them. Because even when you see them get away, you're like, all right. Because it doesn't... Here's the thing. Especially with this movie, because we're dealing with children, right? I already feel conflicted in saying, stab that child, he's going to kill you. You know what I mean? It's kind of, like, the same thing, like, we talked about with Orphan last week, is that there's this con- confliction in your head of, like, this is a child, but they're committing these atrocities, so, like, uh, uh, should I stab the child, or, like, what am I, it's, or, like, even the, 
the father in the omen he was like you're Mm -hmm. asking me you're literally asking me to kill my child because you think he's the spawn of the devil Mm -hmm. and like by the time he comes to that conclusion it's too late but i think it's the same thing here it's like there is no situation created other than in like malachi really where i feel the sense that these children need to be stopped for good you know what i mean Mm -hmm. They just don't create that. They don't give me a reason to want these kids taken out because nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of chase scenes and there's a lot of, like, talking between Isaac and Malachi and they build that relationship. But other than that, there's not really, like, an intensity in this film. Yeah. An emotional intensity. There's nothing that tells you or even gives you an inkling of how this happened and how this was all established at all, whereas if we saw, like, even little bits of puzzle pieces here and there, obviously they can't explain everything, or that would be in a, a movie on its own. But to even see a little bit of a backstory, and not just a bunch of talk, I think would have done the movie so good. Mm-hmm. But it just, it kind of falls flat. Or, like, a lot of you can King use do. dialogue and talk, but then, like, you take that opportunity to kind of fill the audience in yeah. on like the backstory like it doesn't have to be presented in a narrative way it can literally be you know put the adults up on the crosses and explain to them what's going on and then that yeah. builds us in and that instills fear in them because they realize they're helpless you know yeah. I, I don't know it's just like it also like adds to the whole villain trope Without right stuff like that you're losing some of that energy. Right. And that's why we had such visceral reactions to the last two films this month is because mm-hmm. we had these children or what we thought were children committing these horrible things, like doing these horrible things, things that you would never think a child was capable of even thinking about. Mm-hmm. And so in those movies, I found myself rooting for the kid to be brought down. But in this movie, aside from Malachi, who just seems like a big bully with a Sith, like, there's no mm-hmm. other reason for me to, like, get to that point. Yeah, exactly. Other than the fact that they murdered a dog, but we don't have to go there. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> there have been a lot of deceased animals recently, including the film we saw the other day. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good story idea, but I think it's worth your time to read or listen to the audiobook. I would think so, yeah. And then again... At some point I'll read it, so... I could also just, like, pinpoint my slight disinterest in the fact that it's, like, a... It's pretty heavily focused, I think, on, like, the religious side of it, and those kinds of movies, for some reason, just, like, don't interest me. Uh, they don't typically scare me or whatever, but, like, it's interesting, I guess. Yeah. It, because it's a different perspective. It's, like, children getting to this point, which, like, how did this seven-year-old, yeah. nine-year-old child, like, become this prophet and, like, convince all the kids in his town to murder Jesus, all yeah. the grown-ups, basically, I guess, is the part of it that interests me. Um but yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Looking forward to our conversation next week. We're going to compare 
all the films and kind of go into a little bit more detail. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. It's interesting. Um, if anyone's read the book, definitely, like, you know, Instagram, Facebook, do the things. Let us know how it compares if you've really done both of them, as we have not Did you yet. say you've seen the remake, the 2009 remake? Mm-hmm. Did they stick to the same story in the original film, or did they stick more to the book? If I remember correctly, similarly. Okay. I haven't seen it in a long time, and it was definitely one of those, oh, it's on TV and I'm doing other stuff. Right, right. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was fairly similar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Chosen of the Corn is one of those movies that was always on TBS yeah. or something that you would just put on while you were decorating for Halloween or doing other stuff. It was on but you, sci-fi I a never lot really too, sat yeah. down to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So they always have those marathons. I feel like too it's one of those sort of quintessential Stephen King adaptation films that mm-hmm. even if you were pretending to be a horror fan, you knew what it was and it was kind yeah. of like the name you could throw out and everyone had heard of it, but I feel like yeah. most people had never actually seen it. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? It's definitely more of a cult classic True. than intended. True. Um, but it's, yeah, I think, as, as it is with a lot of Stephen King stuff, is it's really easy to throw that name out there. Yeah. Whether or not get, you've seen it. And kind of get yourself cred. <laughs> yeah, because it gives yourself, like, horror cred. Like, right. oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, like, true horror fans know, okay, maybe this isn't, like, the best thing for you to be really... <laughs> right, like, <laughs> I know? don't... And, like... No hate, no shade, but, like, I don't feel like most people you would ask would say Children of the Corn is on their list of, like, top horror films if they were being, like, serious about it. I could see it being, like, a Trolls 2 type of thing where people are, like, it's so bad, it's good, or, like, it's so over the top and, like, ridiculous, but it's such a classic that I make a point to watch it every year or, like, something like like that. Yeah, like, it's got its appeal... And I think it has its audience. For sure. But I don't think it's the quintessential horror film. The no. book might be different. And at some point we'll read it and we'll actually be able to come back and say, like, yes, this is way better. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a film, like, I don't even think that it necessarily makes the cut for, cult. like, I don't know. And that's the thing is, like, a lot of the cult classics that people like to throw out as being, like, classic horror films, everybody knows and loves, like, Chainsaw um Halloween, Halloween nightmare yeah those I think have their time and place and I think if you've seen it as they come out or if you can appreciate that they were made at a different time for a different reason for a different audience they can be really good really strong films but if we're watching it and we're rating it today mm-hmm. it doesn't come out as strongly and it's harder to appreciate right yeah I guess for me I was just going into this movie really expecting to like the next to feel like the next time I walk into work at camp mm-hmm. I have to like question the intention of every child <laughs> I'm talking to you know what I'm saying and yeah. I just really didn't get that um, I agree I totally I mean while that. the whole concept is totally freaky I just feel like the film kind of missed the mark with getting that concept across Agreed. they may have gone into it with that intention but There was just a lot of missing information. I didn't get really... I got, like, the basis of the motivation of why shit was going down, but not enough information where I could fully understand, like, the breadth of the 
thought process there and like how Mm -hmm. the kids got there and what exactly it all meant exactly um but again i'm gonna say it again i was not taken on some like intensely emotional journey where i felt connected to any of the characters or their journeys in the story it just i'm not gonna say it was a letdown because it was entertaining in some ways but like Mm -hmm. just not not as strong as the other two films i guess this month agreed let's put it that way yeah agreed but i'm glad we tackled it me too and I'm excited for our conversation next week where we can directly compare all of them and yeah. their impacts and everything. So, should be fun. Yes, should be fun. I guess until next time, then, keep it cool. Keep it really cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.